We're so happy to have you today. We started a little podcast and it's uh, sort of in fledgling stages, mm -hmm. but I thought you'd be a really interesting person to talk to. Um, we're calling the podcast Applaudable Perspectives and with a pun of PLA being in the middle of Applaudable Perspectives, my company. Mm -hmm. So we, we have some things in common. Uh, I want you to talk a little bit about yourself. You've had a really incredible multi-tiered career. And I, I always think of Peter Cronin as a wordsmith and a lover of words and a really good communicator. Mm -hmm. And um, so, and, and also a Yankee, you're a Rhode Island resident or, or a, you hail from Rhode Island and I'm, I'm originally from upstate New York. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. When did you move? When did you no, tell a little bit about your uh, Rhode Island roots and how you made your way to Nashville? Well, okay. Uh, you know, I grew up in Rhode Island, you know, uh, sort of south of Providence in the in the Burbs. And uh, I was a music kid, you know. I mean, I'm one of these people, uh, the Beatles on Ed Sullivan, you know, literally changed my life. It's a cliche these days, of course, with all the baby boomers. But in my case, it's really true. I mean, it, it was a turning point for me because I, I realized what I wanted to be, what I wanted to do, like thousands and thousands of other kids, you know. Right. And... Um, so I really uh, <clears throat> became, uh, you know, kind of obsessive and learned how to play the guitar and sing. And I happened to be a, a good singer. So that was always my ticket in, you know, um, to whatever band I played with. So I, I went to the University of Rhode Island after high school and uh, just barely made it out of there and hit the road with a band. I did that for 10 years. So um, what did you study uh, at the university? I was an English major. So, you know, I studied mm -hmm. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and everything, you know how it is. But uh, actually, you know, in, in retrospect, that liberal arts um, education really did serve me very well, you know. And mm -hmm. uh, as you mentioned, uh, the writer in me took some time to come out. But if it hadn't been for that educa education, I never would have been able to do what I do. So I'm very, mm -hmm. very tickled about that. I learned to write in a blue book in an exam. I mean, that's under pressure, you know. Um, anyway, uh, what happened was... Uh, a good friend of mine, a guy named Bill Flanagan, um, who was I used to write songs with in Rhode Island. He was a good buddy. I know Bill Flanagan. Yeah. I know him from MTV days. That's he's right. famous. Yeah, he's 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 a, a good old friend of mine from Rhode Island. And basically, I was playing and uh, kind of dead ending, and like like happens, you know, as I was playing music for a living and sort of tired of playing music for a living. And he said, "Look, come down to New York and." Um, I'll try to get you a job answering the phones at Musician Magazine. So that's how it happened. I ended up moving to New York City and uh, starting out at Musician. And before long, I was offered a chance to do some writing. As a matter of fact, my first article was on a singer-songwriter named Nancy Griffith. Um, I'll be yeah. What Now, what year are we talking about? Because I lived in Manhattan. I'm just thinking if we were there at the same time. When did you move to Manhattan? 85, I moved to Manhattan. Okay. And I was there. I had yeah. just left. Yeah. I was there from 80 to 84 and then moved to Nashville to take a job at RCA Records. But I started, my first gig was at our MTV right out of college. Oh, you know, I think I knew that about you, I think. Yeah. yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah. Amazing. So that's very similar to my path, you know, because I was there till 93. I met my wife, who was uh, the art director down the hall at Interiors Magazine, because this is all a part of Billboard publications, by the way. We mm -hmm. Musician was a Billboard magazine. So I got to know all the folks at Billboard. It, it was, you know, one of those experiences in life where it, it changed my life. I was there for eight years um, and just jump-started my career. And, you know, as you know, Manhattan's the best place to do that in the whole world. 
Absolutely. And so, did you live in Did you live in the city, a city, Peter? Yeah, I lived in I lived in Brooklyn, right over the bridge in Fort okay. Greene. And um, so I met my wife, and we uh, got married and had a baby. And uh, you know, at that point, it really felt like we needed to get out of there. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, and, and coincidentally, at that time, uh, Timothy White was the editor of Billboard, the late great Timothy White. Mm-hmm. And he offered me a job here uh, as the associate country music editor working with Ed Morris. So um, I decided... We... Another great, Ed Morris, another great. I know. And what an incredible opportunity for me at the time. I, I was the only one in the musician office who cared or knew anything about country music. And I was really kind of passionate about it. So it was a natural move, but it was a very kind of scary move for us. My wife was a dyed-in-the-wool New Yorker. And um, so we moved down here with a nine-month-old son and... You know, oh my God! I just fell in love with it. So we've been here since 1993, and um, and as you say, my career at that point, you know, sort of evolved, and uh, I went from being a music journalist um, to the music publishing world. I worked, I ran Madonna's company in town, mm-hmm. Maverick, I, right? Yeah, and then I went over to Bug Music from there. I was at Bug for a couple of years, and then I spent six years at CSAC. right? And from and I was doing their magazine. Uh, you know, editing their magazine and also working with songwriters. So it was really kind of a combination of all the things I'd done. Um, so you worked with my friend Dennis Lord over there. Very much so. I'm a big. Yeah. I love Dennis Lord. He's just a dynamite. Love Dennis. One of the one of the good good people in town. Yeah. Good people, integrity, and and a songwriter as well, just as you are. That's right. He had himself a big old hit too, didn't he? he uh, sure did. Yeah. Sure did. Country club. For Travis yeah. yeah, that's right. So. Yeah, I worked with Dennis, and, and you know, CSAC was just um, just a great experience for me. I I was just so lucky to stumble into that, you know. Like, I, I always use the word stumble when I talk about my career because <laughs> it does seem like a, a series of stumbles, you know. But, uh, yeah, so from there, um, I spent a year at the CMA. I wasn't really happy there, and my wife Karen and I had talked a lot about starting our business together, which would be a graphic mm-hmm. design, her graphic design and my writing coming together. And we did a number of projects for um, Susan Levy uh, over at MCA, and we did them together. Okay. We designed. Sure. You know, back then, as you know, they did very elaborate sort of marketing promotion pieces. And so we were working on those together and just really every time it was a huge success and we just had a blast. So we decided at one point there that uh, in 19, okay, now let me think, 2007, a worst possible year to start a business in the history of the world. We started our business. Um, we just jumped off the edge. Two people, two creative people who knew nothing about business. <laughs> and uh, let, me interrupt, let, let me interrupt you for a second. Yeah. How I think it's a it's very admirable that you are working and, and are an entrepreneur, which I am as well. Right. And that takes a, a leap of faith. But even more so that you are happily married and are partnered with your wife and have figured out this balance, which I think is very enviable. How, how can you? Do you have any tips on how to figure all that out? And uh, and then you've sort of morphed into not just music, but you've worked with the Titans and Cracker Barrel and yeah. Vanderbilt, and Ingram and T-Mobile. I mean, you've got a ton of incredible uh, clients that that are uh, that you've represented. Yeah, we. So yeah, we've been really fortunate, and you know, working with Karen is. Um, I don't know. It's, we are we're fortunate that way. I think, and you're right. It's probably somewhat rare, but. Uh, we just really like each other. <laughs> you know, uh, we, we have a great, great uh, relationship. And, um, 
so working together, you know, has its challenges. I mean, we're, we're not perfect. And, uh, you know, we've, we've had to sort of deal with, with issues along the way, but we keep separate offices. Um, mm-hmm. uh, that's very important. <laughs> uh, and, you know, we have different roles in, in our company. So I think that also helps us, you know, um, she, she leans on me and I lean on her, you know, and also I help her with her graphic design from a very sort of outside perspective and she does the same for my writing uh-huh. so she's a, she's a, let me ask yeah. you a question how has COVID affected your business or 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 is it pretty much uh mostly the same i mean i know a lot of people have been impacted uh we are working more out of our homes now although i still have an office on music row mm-hmm. how has that impacted uh you and karen well we were we were fortunate in this way uh we've worked at home for 14 years we've worked out of our house for 14 years so from that point of view, we were used to, you know, being in our house, which is most people weren't. Uh, so mm-hmm. I think that helped us. Initially, we lost, you know, a lot of business. It was kind of scary because uh, sure. um, and we're hustlers. You know, we hustle all the time. But if there's nobody there to hustle to. <laughs> but what happened was uh, I, it really is interesting. We shifted our business to some degree. Graphic design slowed down for us considerably. Uh, and, and that was really the meat of our business. And I had been doing a lot of work with small companies uh, on brand messaging, helping them create that authentic brand message, Uh, sort of a lot of startups and smaller companies. And Mm -hmm. that blossomed. I think a lot of people were kind of rethinking what they do when COVID hit. I know that's true, especially in the music community, because everybody was just stopped, you know. Uh, Sure. So uh, for that reason, I believe that a lot of people were starting businesses and sort of you know, acting on their um, dreams, if you know what I mean. Like, boy, I would love to do this someday. Well, someday is here, right? Um, so we've been, we've just picked up a whole sort of new income stream on that side, and it has been terrific. Um, now, and that helped us uh, get through this, and now the graphic design has really picked up in the last month or two. Um, I think people are coming out again, you know, and and making uh and getting into marketing programs that they were sort of hesitant to do, you know. So, uh, well, they're feeling like they they need to jumpstart. Um, I I love that you have morphed and that you've been flexible, and I think that's one of the keys to being successful. I I know I've found that to be true with our business as well. Um, what kind of Peter? What Peter? What kind of advice would you like to give? I would say kids. Really, you know, in high school and then moving into college, uh, if they're interested in going into the creative arts, if you have any things to um, pointers to give them. And also, I'd love for you to, to comment on how you would like to uh, kind of what's your legacy? What would you like to see your legacy? Huh. be? Yeah, well, you know, that's an, both good questions. I can look back on my past and see that, you know, um, I maybe should have, uh, and I'll call, of course, hindsight is twenty twenty. you know, but, you know, I could, I probably shouldn't have hung on that long as an actual professional doing nothing but playing music. I think my advice would be to, you know, there are lots of ways to be creative and to have a creative life. And I'm living proof of that, you know, and the fact that, mm-hmm. the fact that I moved from one creative place to another and, and knew when I wasn't in a good creative place, you know, along the way, mm-hmm. um, and I won't name any names, but I've had positions in my where I just knew, you know, I mean, this is not what I need. This is not a creative place for me to be. 
I followed right too corporate, too corporate. Maybe. Yeah, and uh, although yeah. I have been in corporate situations and and done okay, you know, but I would just keep options open. And, and of course, today uh, the music business uh, is different, you know, than it used to be. It's just a different animal. So a lot of it is online. A lot, a lot of a lot. There's a lot of you have to do everything now. You know, if you're an artist of any kind, you have to kind of be a marketing person and be all these things. So. Right. I think I think in some some ways people have lamented uh, the distribution channels changing and uh, kind of blame the Internet. But I think in a lot of ways, the Internet, if you use it to your advantage, it's leveled the playing field for people and for independent artists. And most of the people we work with are independent artists. And we work with like Gary Morris, who no longer has a major label uh -huh. deal. But I mean, he's in his 70s and I've got him doing podcasts and he is. Loving it, yeah. you know, and and still works. And we're working on a Broadway uh, project right now um, for the uh, DEA, the Drug Enforcement Agency Foundation. So there's a lot of different ways to. I, I agree with you to, to be creative and also make a living and not starve. Yes, and I think you have to be open to those ways. You know, you you, right, you really right. do. It's like you have to look at everything as an opportunity. Um, and uh, in other words, like yeah, I'm not a marketing person. Uh, per se, I would have said that to you 10 or 15 years ago. Today, I am very much a marketing person. <laughs> you know, I I, I right, help right. people with their marketing. Um, and that's only because... You know, but I think a lot of that goes back to your foundation. You learned early on how to write and how to communicate. And I think people are dismissive of a liberal arts education. I myself also have a liberal arts education. But unlike you, my mom said, we're not paying this kind of money for you to go to Wells and get a, an English degree. So I got a degree in econ and marketing and minored in uh, French. And Eng I took a lot of English classes. I just uh, basically, uh, you know, whatever I could, I, some of it I got credit for, but a lot of it, I just took, sat in the classes. I was able to mm -hmm. do that. And uh, I, I don't know about you, but I love books. I have books everywhere in my house. I have a hard time getting rid of them. I buy them for gifts. I'm not a Kindle person. I like the tactile feel of a book and the smell of a book. Yeah. And um, we, we have that in common. I yeah. just, I, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm a, I'm a voracious um, reader. Uh, you know, I just read and read and read. I'm never without two books open. And yeah. what are you reading now, Peter? I'm reading uh, Peter Goralnik's uh, collection of writings right now. Um, Ah, it, it's okay. really, really, really good. He's one of my favorite writers. He's a friend. We've worked together in the past. Uh, so I'm really a fan. So yeah, that's what I'm reading at the second. But I, I read novels. I read a lot of business books, you know. But I'll tell you, uh, the, yeah. the thing that I've found that, that came comes to me as I go through life is, you know, I'm a writer. And um, I, I had I had a hard time sort of claiming that, you know, um, as I was going. I would never have said to you a while back, you know, yeah, I'm a writer. But, you know, when I look back at my career, every single step was was a writer. That's why I got the job. Um, so, mm -hmm. you know, I've learned to love it. I'm also a songwriter. So, you know, there's, there's that connection. Um, I'm, I'm not a novelist. I don't want to write a novel. <laughs> you know, I, I prefer I love writing the marketing stuff. A lot of people go, oh, I'd never do that, but I love it. Um, it's a lot like a three minute song, really. You're always looking for a hook. And, um, and, and mm -hmm. so they have that in common. But, yeah, the writing thing for me. It is really something, as you mentioned, you know, I learned that in college, kind of not knowing it. And when the time came for me to use it, it was there, you know? Yeah. 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 So do you, let me ask you a question. Um, do you lament um, 
the appreciation and the dedication to being a good writer these days when people are so uh, dependent on emojis and text and brevity. Does that worry you? Does it, do you feel that the English language is taking a hit? Yeah, I do, in a way. I mean, I, I, you know, it's a, like a lot of things. It, it's like attention spans have taken a hit, you know. Uh, yes. Re- delayed gratification has taken a hit, you know. Uh, so it's a different world. So in that way, yes. But in another way, you know, I've always been good at sort of um, distillation. You know, as a writer, I'm very yes. much an editor. So I don't mind brevity uh, in that way. Uh, so that has served me well to come up under an editor like Flanagan, who is a really good editor. So I, w- I would get mm-hmm. my writing back from him and it would just be, you know, of course, torn to pieces and, and shorter every time. You know, this you don't need this. Take this out. You know, um, I learned that from him. And so in that way, I'm happy about the brevity. But in the other, it's just, you know, yeah, it's a little frustrating. But like I said, I'm not the great American novelist. So I'm not worried. Yeah, you well, but you're you learn to be Hemingway. You learn to to have economy of mm-hmm. words. Um, whereas you know Dickens got paid by the words. That's why his books are so wordy, <laughs> and, and yeah. that's the truth. Yeah. I, I think that that we find them a little bit cumbersome. Although everybody has read Dickens and, and you appreciate Dickens, but it's just a different um, mindset. So you have a son. Do you have any yeah, other? Yeah, I children? have a son who's now 28 years old, and I have a beautiful daughter who is 24. Up. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And what did they go on and do with in their well, lives? Sam is they- living in Nashville. Well, they're both in Nashville now. He he lived in Boston for many years. He actually came back here and enrolled in the Nashville, um, what's it called? Nashville Computer School. Uh, no, Nashville Software School. NSF. Wow. It, it was phenomenal. Phenom- I recommend it to anybody who's remotely into that world because he got himself a job at HCA right away. He's making more money than... I did when I was his age. So he's doing great. He really loves his job. And my daughter is uh, still finding herself. She's a very creative musician. And, um, and she's a, she was a Spanish major. So she's her Spanish speak. She's very fluent. So yeah, she's had several jobs, you know, she's 24. But uh, I'm just a very, I'm so blessed to have these children. They're great kids. So well, you clearly have been able to balance your personal and professional life and, and been a good parent. And it's a, you're a rarity. It's hard to it do, is. Peter. It really yep, is. You and, Karen have, you and Karen have done a good job. Do you, um, let's talk about Music Row a little bit. Uh, you, you were here and got to, I was here in the 80s. You moved here in the 90s. And Music Row in the community are very different. They've been kind of fragmented. I've been involved with uh, trying to work on preservation efforts and, um, do you feel that we still have a sense of community, even with the growth pressures and a lot of uh, sort of the quote unquote campus of Music Row being torn down? Do you still that we still sort of have a sense of community? You know, I think there is a sense of community, but I think it's real different. I just do. I mean, you can yeah. mm-hmm. consolidate and become as corporate as they've become and not lose. Yeah, no, it, it's very different. So, yeah, sure, there's a community, but it's not like it was. I mean. I came here and I, I, like you say, I, I was, I got on the row, I was on the row for 15 years and I got to see that, um, you know, bringing the cassette through the back door of a house and actually just sitting down with Barry Beckett and playing him a song. I mean, that's right. It was yep. an amazing Those- experience for me. I was ready for it. I knew who these people were. Uh, you know, I was starstruck all the time and, um, 
Well, and you won their respect because you knew about them. You did Mm -hmm. the work. And I try to tell that when people are coming up and they want to be country music singers, I was like, learn your history. And don't just tell me that your influence is Garth Brooks. Look at who influenced Garth Brooks. Look at who influenced Nancy Griffith or whoever that you you are inspired Mm -hmm. by. And a lot of them, they don't understand the, and, and appreciate the sense of history. You know, I mean, Marty Stewart is a great example of someone who has paid homage to history, understands it, and has carried it through. He and Connie have been yep. amazing. Both great um, clients of ours, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable yep. people. And so, so well deserving to be inducted. I, I was so happy Me to too. see that. Yeah. Um, yep. Yep. But yeah, you know. I do think it's a relationship business too, don't you, Peter? Still, it's very much relationships. Totally relationship. It's also kind of a young business, you know. I mean, let's face it. It's a, you know, there's a lot of young people that come into this business, and they're very useful, and they're very. Uh, it's a way to move up and forward. But uh, yeah, you know, like you say, it's different. I, I think another thing about Nashville is, and this hasn't changed. You really have to come here with your hat in your hand. You know, you can't. You That's can't right. Come in and 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 just be blustery and like a bull in a china shop, just doesn't work. I mean, it, it, it didn't work then. I don't think it's going to work today. And that's just respect. You know, that's just knowing who you're speaking to. Right. Yeah. I quite, I quite agree. Um, I think also a lot of people who are in the creative realm, certainly uh, clients, artists that I've worked with, they've been a big fish in a small pond and then they moved to Nashville and they learn what a real writer yeah. is, what a real song is, what a real guitar player is. And, and the stakes are much mm-hmm. higher. And it's a very humbling experience. And I don't think you can rest on your laurels. I mean, I, I certainly haven't, you know, and, and uh, I think handling success is, is a hard thing to do if you're lucky mm-hmm. enough to have it. Um, and just being really grateful. I mean, I, I feel so grateful every day I wake up in the morning. I'm like, you know what? Not bad for a girl. Yeah, <laughs> That's sure. the way I, I yeah, really feel that way. You know, and, you know, and like you say, you know, yeah, I feel very blessed. You know, I'm, I'm not, um, Garth Brooks sitting on hundred million bucks, but you know, um, there are things that are way more important than whole lots of money. You know, it's just, I've been able, I've been able to enjoy uh, this uh, career as an entrepreneur, you know, in a way that I, I never expected, you know, and I don't want to retire. I'm at an age now where, you know, some of my friends are retiring. (laughs) I I, I will never do that. I I just, I think I would probably just atrophy, you know, Um, I, I, I feel yeah. the same way. You know, I feel the same way, Peter. I want to, I, I like to surround myself with younger people and smarter people than I am. And I'm, I'm always trying to like lifelong mm-hmm. learner. And that's part of what this podcast is. It's like, okay, I want to talk to some interesting people and, and I want to learn what they're about and maybe share it so we can help other people yeah, down the absolutely. road. You know, that's, what the whole that's one of the is. things about our company that we tout all the time is that you know, we work with companies on their branding and their marketing and their, you know, their logos and all that sort of thing. And uh, we, one of the things we have to do is we really have to get to know them. You know, we really have to dig in yes. and say, okay, who is this? Right now we're working, for example, with a commercial real estate company. They buy buildings and they build buildings for tractor supply and things like that. Now, I don't know a whole lot about that business, but uh, I'm learning very fast and uh, I'm going to be writing their material for them. So, it's about digging in and really just lifelong learning is what it's all about. You know, I mean, like I said, I'm always reading business books, always trying to sharpen my tools, you know. What do you think, since you brought up Brandy, what do you think that is the biggest mistake that companies or people make with branding? Uh, 
with branding, you know, I think people tend to think of branding as a one-dimensional thing. Uh, that's the mistake that I see most often, that people think of branding as a logo, right? I mean, Coca-Cola mm-hmm, logo. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you really have to open the door, open the logo like it's a door and walk into the building because branding is something that it touches every single point of a business and every point that they touch, you know? So mm-hmm. it goes much deeper than a logo. You know, it's about customer service. Mm-hmm. It's about what happens when somebody walks through your door. It's it's about the way you, um, it's your image in the public, you know? Um, so branding is very multidimensional. And I think most people think of it as just this brand, like a cow brand, you know? But it's much, much deeper yeah. and wider mm-hmm. than that. And that's what makes it so fascinating, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I it quite has agree to be with real you. too, you know. I mean, it has to be something that's already there. You can't dress up uh, something and call it a brand. It just has to be coming from the heart, or it won't work, you know. And when it does, when it is authentic, it's powerful. You know, it will carry a company yeah. uh, through some real hard times, you know, for sure. Well, Peter, thank you so much for being generous with your time. I really enjoyed getting to know you better. I've known you, known of you, certainly admired your work. And it's an honor to talk to you. And I send my very best to you and Karen on this yeah. wintry day. It's uh, We've had a snowstorm last night, and uh, it, we have a lot of snow that we don't yeah. normally have. It's really yeah. beautiful. So be safe, my friend, and wishing you success and happiness. And thank you for being a part of a plot. Pam, thank you so much. I'm, I'm a fan of yours as well. And I really appreciate you including me. You know, I feel like a rock star this morning.